Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. This is Rob Moore here, and I'm very excited about this interview. I never thought Peterborough had that many successful people in it. In fact, most people don't even know how close it is to London. But I've been really lucky that in the last few weeks, I've interviewed some amazing entrepreneurs, business people who are based or set up in Peterborough. I interviewed the winner of The Apprentice. He's from Peterborough. Um, Neville Wright is worth well over 100 million, big time into property. And I'm very excited to have Matt with me, Matt Januszek. So Matt, this is everyone. And everyone, this is Matt. So I'm going to really get into kind of Matt's story. I don't, I don't really like doing long official intros. And the thing is, it would take about 20 minutes with all of Matt's accolades. But he's been in fitness 30 years. In a way, he's, he's been his own sort of fitness guinea pig because he's got a passion for, for fitness, as you can see. <laughs> I'm feeling rather um, weak <laughs> sitting next to Matt. He runs and set up and runs a business called Escape, which, 98, was it you said? Yeah, 98. Yeah. So not that long ago, and now is 40 million US dollar a year global business. Yeah. Got that bit right? Yeah. Which is amazing. So 98, what, 16, 17 years? Yeah, pretty much. Gone from pretty much bedroom yeah. to... Out the back of the bedroom. Yeah. Mum answering the phone. Right, yeah. To <laughs> Dad helping out part-time. Yeah. To a global business, which is, like, really inspiring. Before we turn this on, we were talking a lot about diet, brain food, travel, how you sort of deal with travel. I'm going to get into all of that. So I think this episode is going to be really unique to any that you've listened to before, and there's going to be a lot of health and fitness and diet into it. Also, Matt's developed a lot of um, fitness products uh, that many of the biggest brands in the world, of which you'd know the names of, have either licensed or bought is developed for them. Recently, took your business into America. Is that right? Yeah, uh, about three and a half years ago. Yeah. And you, what there. other countries are you in? We're in about sixty countries around the world. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, so we're pretty yeah. pretty well covered. Yeah, and started <laughs> in Peterborough. <laughs> All right, so should we get cracking? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, the angle I'd like to start with is talking about how important health and fitness you think is yeah. to being an entrepreneur. Right. And then we'll get into your business and how you've built it. But let's start with, you know, how important do you think health, fitness, diet is to being a disruptive entrepreneur, building a business and making money? Because most people talk about the operational parts of business yeah. and maybe not so much the, the diet, the energy, the health. Yeah. I know you're big into that. Yeah. So I know it's an open question, yeah. but, but how important is it? I guess being an entrepreneur, there's a lot of leadership involved in that. So from when you start the business you know, having yourself and probably, like you say, your your mum and a couple of suppliers, right through to where we are now, where there's you know over a hundred em- employees. Yeah. And so, I, I think one of the one of the things is if if you're not on your game. So when when you are when there's just two of you, you know the the revenue that's coming into the business is totally down to you. Mm-hmm. So you know if you don't feel great one day, or you've you've been up late and you're you're on an important meeting the next morning, and and you're you're sort of your body is not helping you, then yeah. then that's going to affect how successful your business is. Yeah. If you if you've worked late and you don't feel great and you you sort of you know you're in a meeting with a, a supplier or a customer and you and you're a little bit you know your, your, your stress is high and you probably say the wrong things mm-hmm. or you or you're not you know you're not composed. Yeah. That's going to affect your business. Yeah. And 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 just that you know being an entrepreneur the 
the sort of motivation and, and just this sort of ongoing pressure that you've had, you know, yeah. if, if you're not physically able and capable to deal with that, then that's, that's going to determine your success. Yeah. So, you know, when I, when I think about it, everything really starts with your own personal fitness, mm-hmm. your mental fitness and, yeah. and physical fitness. And if, sure. if you're not putting that first before everything, then, then it, it, you know, it's going to affect your success on yeah. some level. Okay. So, yeah. So digging into that a bit, because when I started as an entrepreneur, and I used to hear people say that, I just used to discount it. Right. Because I just used to think, well, I want to know how to make money and build a business. Yeah. Marketing, sales, you know, yeah. finance, operations. Don't tell me to eat better and go to the gym. I can kind of work that out myself. And what, 10 years into the journey now, I, I think I've almost flipped right. 180, where I think like, yeah, you, if, if you've got a meeting with a, a potential financier for your business, you know, and they could put a million, two million, five million, ten million into your business, or a supplier yeah. that could put double your turnover, <clears throat> and you're hungover, you know, you're slow to think, you could totally bomb that meeting. Yeah. And when you put it like that, I think it's really important to talk about. But I think my guess is this, when you start as an entrepreneur, and you, you, you know, you think that working really hard is like what you need to be successful. You know, you listen to all this advice, and you know, work hard, work harder than ever. You know, you know, if you're not doing 15 hours a day, you're a wimp. Yeah. But if you do 15 hours one day, then you can only do five good hours the next day, and then three good hours the next day. Yeah. What's your thoughts? Or, is it, or am I just getting old now and can't, you know, don't have the energy that I did? That, that's, we all get old, you know, we're all, <laughs> and, and since yeah. I started the business, you know, I'm You're how old older. now? I'm 46 this year. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, we all get old. You know, it's, it's something that nobody's been able yeah. to solve yet. Yeah. So you're going to have to, you know, if you're in business, you're in it for the long term, you're going to have to get used to that. So, so that, that is one you know, that's one thing. But it's also about, you know, small things kind of building up over a period of time. So, you know, yes, you can push it. You know, you can have the late nights and the early mornings and you can do it for a few months. But there is a time and I, you know, not sure whether it's happened to you, but there's a time where your body said that's enough. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not going to take it anymore. And, and it closes down. And, and you, know, what, what, you get ill or you have a massive sort of meltdown. or something Yeah, like there's, there's, there's lots of different ways it can happen. But, you know, for me, I, I travel a lot. You know, probably two to three weeks out of every month. I'm on a different time zone completely, yeah. you know, six to eight hours. And the way my body does it is, I, you know, I'm gone for probably a year or something. But I, I won't get sick. But my body just suddenly closes down and... I have to sleep and I'm, I'm gone for two or three days, you yeah. know, and I, I, I'm not hungry and I kind of have a strange type of, you know, it's, it's not being sick, but it, it's kind of, I guess it's your body saying, look, you know, you need to stop yeah. before something happens. And, you know, fortunately I'm fit and healthy and it's, it's, it's never, you know, got bad. But, you know, every, one, every couple of years, if, I, if I'm pushing myself that, that much and not managing my diet and my fitness and not doing sensible things, then something will happen. Something yeah. has to break. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm the same as you. You know, when you talk about balance, being an entrepreneur, wanting to, you know, change the world, then, you know, what, what's balance? Yeah. And, yeah. and so you do have to... So, it, so sorry, just jump in. So you're still kind of emotionally and intellectually fighting. I want to take over the world and be an entrepreneur and do all that, but I'm a health and fitness guy who knows it and you've got to slow down. Yeah. You, there's a lot of discipline and it depends on your character and, you know, we've... Uh, you know, I know your character, and, and you know we're similar yeah. in that that respect. So, so you have got to be sensible, but mm. it, it, it's I think it's about putting it first. And and I've I've almost got a, a, a safety net, and, and my safety net is when when I am, you know, there are times where you can't help that you, you you arrive in a country, you've got a presentation, you have a dinner to go with clients or whatever, and then you have to start the next morning. And you could have, you know, like I've got you know five weeks worth of travel. 
And so, you know, my safety net is I've got a, I've got a routine in terms of my nutrition when I'm going away. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've got that pretty fixed. And, you know, that's, so that's my first check. Make sure I, I don't break that and I don't go too crazy with, with the food. Second thing is my fitness. As, you know, as soon as I get there, just do some light type of movement, running, some light weights, just to, just to you know, kickstart the body and, get, yeah. and get, that, you know, get that exercise. And, you know, every day if I can... To, to have that, you know, 15 to 20 minutes workout. It doesn't really matter what I do. It's it's more of a case of I'm doing something, and it kind of brings me back into a certain amount of balance. And then the third thing is is the is the sleep, the rest, and yeah. and you know, however you do it. And I know people say, well, there's a lot of these big Fortune 500 sort of CEOs, CFOs that manage on four to five hours sleep. But a lot of the research is that, you know, it's not great for the body. Yeah. And so making sure that you get that rest, you know, whether it's sleeping or whether it's sort of sleep combined with some form of kind of, you know, checking out and, and, and switching off. But if, you know, if, if you can do that or if I can do that, then that's my kind of safety net. And I know I yeah. can probably push it to, to those levels that, you know, most people maybe wouldn't normally do. Yeah. That's also something else. Ten years ago, if someone had said to me, I'd have just been like, whatever, I'm going to do late nights, early mornings, I can do it, I'm superhuman, I'm a young entrepreneur. And uh, I think it depends what someone wants, because yeah. if someone wants some short-term success, you know, go and be a maniac for a year. Yeah. But if you want decades of success in business, you've got to look after yourself, haven't you? Yeah. And you know, if, if you do two hours or less every day for three months, but then you're not ill for a week... Yeah. It's probably better to be consistent than it is all over the place. Yeah. Because my, my when I for the first five years of business, my rest was when I got ill. Yeah. That was my days off. I just yeah. beat myself to the point where, like, you know, you you pick up something that you wouldn't normally pick up. Yeah. Or you get a cold and it just kills you. Yeah. Because you've battered yourself. And something you said about there, which again, you know, you don't really use normally use the word routine and entrepreneur in the same space. Right. But I think that's really important. <clears throat> yeah. And you clearly do as well. Yeah. So I think you, you talked about, because I picked up a lot of tips off you, so you talked about gym or exercise, diet and sleep. Yeah. So no particular, let's go sleep. So for me, I've done a lot of testing on this and I've tested sort of having afternoon naps from time to time if I'm really knackered. Um, I drink coffee so I know that puts things a bit strange. Yeah. But for me, half nine till half five or ten till quarter six optimum yeah and uh, for years I used to think I need to be like Margaret Thatcher who slept like you know 13 seconds a day because yeah. I'm wasting time sleeping but I've kind of reversed on that and yeah, any longer and it's not so good yeah. have you done some testing on that you think because um, I was sorry to interrupt I also think everyone's different yeah you yeah. know, like maybe when you're older and you do no exercise, your metabolism is a lot, is a lot slower. Maybe you can sleep less because you're yeah. less active and you're not growing and your muscles aren't growing. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you do a lot of workout. Surely you need sleep to grow your muscles. Yeah, there's there's a lot of conflicting information out there, and in in health and fitness and nutrition, that yeah. you've got to be careful of that, and and you've got to be careful of who's behind the information and what they're selling you. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Um, so so that's one of the things you've got to be careful of, and and the only advice is is to sort of you know. The, the second point is probably you know see how it feels test. with you personally mm. test mm. and and so you know I've I've tried lots of different things and and it's difficult to test when you are all over the place mm. so you know if if you're on if you're travelling sort of you know one way around the world and then you you come back and then you're the other side it's it, it's quite difficult but with me I, I you know I'll need if I'm working out 
you know, pretty hard, and I like to, you know, I've done it for a long time, and I, I like to sort of push myself. Then I'm, you know, I'm going to need around about eight, eight and a half hours sleep yeah. per night. You know, mm-hmm. and and although I, I read about these people who get get away with less, and I've tried less, yeah. I've tried four and five and six. It, it just, I can't do it. No. it. It just doesn't work with my body. Yeah. And there is. But, I mean, uh, they might not be doing as intense weights as you. They might have a different lifestyle. They might be a different age. Yeah, absolutely. Age has got a, a lot to do with it, and, and, and lifestyle and nutrition, all, all of that comes into into play. But there is a lot of information out there now that you know people are starting to show the importance of of sleep for brain health, yeah. for your body to repair. You know, it's it's really important, and it, and it's important to get the right type of sleep as well. Yeah. And um, so 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 sleep is important. I, I think you've got to. You've got to experiment with yourself, but I, I think if you're if if you don't feel great when you're getting up in the morning and you're feeling tired in the afternoon, then you know something's not quite right, and you yeah. need to sort of you know get that yeah. get that balance. Either go to bed earlier or, or get some rest at another time. Yeah. Or rest is so important, and particularly as you said earlier about these meetings, it's it's amazing when. You know, sometimes if you step back and add up all those little things that you probably didn't take any notice of, but you know, you maybe lost it a little bit in one meeting, and yeah. then you know, you said something to a supplier, and, and suddenly you kind of, you know, I find if I if I've been on a long trip, come back first few days, I'm you know, I arrive at Heathrow at seven in the morning, and I'm in a meeting, you know, I'm, I'm straight into my Monday yeah. day and my and my week. You know, sometimes um, you know, a few of those meetings, it's like, wow, you know, kind of. <laughs> what's up with you today yeah, yeah, yeah. and I've had people come up and say you know you're all right yeah. is everything okay and and, yeah. and you don't kind of realize but you're, you're, you're very short fused yeah and and you know you can get away with it with certain people but if you do it over a period of time then mm. it's going to affect the relationship you have with the people that you work with yeah. you can say the wrong thing to customers maybe you're not thinking and you and you you know you piss off a customer or yeah. something like yeah. that yeah. and and it, it's going to have a compound effect over sort of six to twelve months so I, I think it's just important that when you are doing a lot of travel, and someone said said this to me, is just find that time where you can you got a bit of wind down time. You can sort of rebalance yeah. yourself. And as difficult it is for me, because I think you know if I if I do that, then I'm wasting you know precious time. Yeah. And I think it's just about changing your your changing your thought about that time yeah. and, and, and changing it to say, you know, this is actually going to help my business yeah. and help me be successful rather than thinking that you're actually wasting time yeah. by, you know, sitting and chilling out on something. Yeah. So. yeah. And I think, again, that's a lot, a lot of that is how long term you see yourself in this business because, you know, I've been quite an extreme personality my whole life of doing things very hard and very fast for fairly short periods of time in everything in my life and then burning out or getting bored. <laughs> And um, if I think back to, you know, I got black belts in martial arts or I got to good standards in sport in a short period of time. Well, if I'd have still been doing those now, you know, I might have been somewhat dangerous. And the only thing I've properly done for a long time in my whole life is stayed with my current fiance and we've got a great relationship. And that's that's a lot less. Um, <laughs> what, should, what should we say? You expend less energy when you're settled with one person yeah. and you're spraying it into your business and not all over Peterborough <laughs> town centre or whatever. Uh, you know, and obviously have being a parent and then also putting all the energy into the business. Yeah. And I see now that eight hours a day in progressive is far better than 15 hours a day for nine months and then a two week illness or because, you know, everything bad happens, doesn't it? When you lose it, like you lose it with your kids, not when you're happy and rested and feeling good, when you're hungover or you've had a late night and then and it, it all goes wrong in those moments. Yeah. And so if you can minimize those moments, which seems to be sleep eat, train, yeah. Yeah. then you've got that longevity. 
Yeah, there's a thing as it relates to, you know, it's the same kind of mindset, but with even with working out, um, you know, for years, like I say, I started when I was 15 and then I, I wanted at that time, I was a junior bodybuilder, I wanted to compete. And for me, it was about building muscle and getting as big as I, as I could, as quickly as I could. And, and I sort of kept that up until my, my sort of 20s, really. And as I got more involved in business, I started to meet other people. And they said, you know, what do you talk about your, your workout program? And for me, it was, you know, straight, straight into the weights, yeah. you know, almost like get as heavy as I could, as quick as I could, warm-ups, you know, what yeah. a day. Yeah. And then, you know, cool-downs, you know, just out of the gym, and, and that was it. And so I, you know, just pack it with lifting weight. And, and you know, more recently, certainly within the last five years, I started to understand the importance of, um, of you know, what you do before, what you do after, and in, on those in-between movements. Because as you get older, you know, your body, you know, stuff changes, and you're not as flexible as, as what you were before. And, you, you know, you're, you're, you're stiffer in the mornings, yeah. and, and, and things change. And unless you're, you know, point you made, if, if you want to be doing this for the long term and, and as you get older you start thinking well actually you know you want to live as long as possible yeah. then, then you have to be thinking about you know other things and you know certainly mobility and movement and flexibility is extremely important yeah. particularly as you get older it, it can help it can improve your performance so it, you know, it can help you become stronger and fitter yeah. um, it can help you reduce injuries and, and they're things similar to sleep is they're, they're things that most people take their focus off because yeah. they feel well you know it's not as important as this yeah and uh, you know I, I at a very young age I was doing a reverse leg press with a lot of weight and I you know dropped it down too quick hurt my lower back and, and that's sort of been with me for yeah. for years and it mm -hmm. kind of comes on and off but when I'm when I'm particularly tired or worn down then it, it, it locks up right. um, yeah. and you know I used to have to before I used to have to go to the chiropractor yeah. and you know three or four sessions and I was fine again now over time and, and learning more about like my body and, and you know movement I've been able to almost totally reduce the need for that to happen but it's 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 about what I do before I get on the weights and yeah. how I mobilize myself my hips how I avoid spending too much time sitting down in a chair yeah. and just little things like that which yeah. which mean now I can I can move better I can lift weights and I, I you know I'm not I don't have issues in my back yeah uh, and, and you know the amount of people that have back issues is, yeah. is unbelievable and most of that is is down to you know what they do outside of the gym or you know before or after they work out mm. so they're all preventable things in, in yeah. most cases sure so before everyone starts to think we're slightly off on tangent yeah. you know I, I purposely wanted to go here because it's not something that's discussed that much in sort of where you learn about business but I remember reading about uh, Clive Woodward when he came into the England team you know basically made England team best in the world and won the World Cup I remember reading that he was looking at every single area of the game and looking to improve it, you know, 1% or 5%. Because if you think about rugby, you know, scrummaging, you've got all the different positions, you've probably got the diet, the sleep, everything. If you improve everything 1%, you get this big compounded yeah. result, tactics, you know, everything. And kind of as business has got, as you get to a certain level of success, I think you find you've got to do that. You've got to look to make the incremental improvements. Because, you, you know, you get to a certain level and you're doing all right. So things like, um, I went to St Andrews, Bobby's played in his British Championships, and didn't sleep very well in the beds, even though the beds were quite good. So, you know, good pillows, good bedding, no light in the bedroom, you know, if, if it's quite light. Yeah. Kind of, you know, those little things can make a big difference. I remember you saying to me, um, you always have a Bulgarian bag. I didn't know what it was at the time, <laughs> I Googled it. But you always have a Bulgarian bag in the boot of your car. 
so that it, you know if you've got no time because entrepreneurs have always got a way of finding an excuse that they're too busy haven't they yeah, yeah. but at least you've got a Bulgarian bag with you you can lob it around and do 20 minutes yeah. so I put a gym in the basement when you told me about that and I put a gym in the garden and so even if I've you know because if you've got to get yourself ready and prepared and get your gear together and drive three miles to go to your gym and it's raining and you're late yeah. you've got a reason not to do it yeah so it's almost like, you know, I don't want to use too many American terms. I learn a lot from the Americans, but, I don't, but, you know, you're almost gaming yourself or hacking yourself where, you know, you set your environment up. So you sleep really well because you've got great bedding and you've got no light in the room. You go to bed at the same time each time. And you don't look at your phone for the last 20 minutes. And you've, always, you've got workout gear with you, near you. So when time runs out, at least you can do 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Is that something that... Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's, they're, they're very good points, and I, I guess it, for me it comes down to sort of making it easy to do. Yeah. And, and, and if you, the, the more barriers that are in the way, you know, I used to do this, but before I started traveling, it was like, well, I must have a gym that's got this yeah. in there and that yeah. in there. And I go to, you know, most places, nine, nine out of ten places you travel haven't got a good gym. Even uh, <laughs> five star hotel, four hundred and fifty pound a night, I was staying at. Jim had like two machines. Yeah, you got to yeah, you got to be ready for that, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. So so you got to prepare yourself for, for those things. And so for the, for for a while, I used to then you know I'm I'm in the business. I'm going to see people talk about fitness, and yeah, I would say, oh well, you know, there's no gym in the hotel. That's my excuse that while I'm on this trip, I'm, I'm not going to work out. And and for a period of time, I was thinking, well, this isn't going to work, you yeah, know, because I'm now traveling a lot, and and I can't I, I can't put yeah. up with this. So. So the way I, I started to do it was, was to think about, you know, what can I do um, that's going to give me a really good workout? And, and if I'm not, you know, doing what I would traditionally do for about four weeks, I'm still going to, you know, I'm yeah. still going to feel as I'm doing something. So I, I kind of came up with a simple routine. And now, now really, if, as long as I can, as long as I've got my running shoes with me, yeah. I've got like a little app that sort of measures my... Um, my energy that yeah. I'm putting out, my calories, my um, heart rate and everything. So I kind of got this app. Anyone can get it. Yeah. Um, and then I've got, um, and I think, well, if I can get a couple of dumbbells, you know, and, and most most places will have some sort of dumbbells. You know, there are a few that don't. But if I can get those bits, or if I can find... Um, Could you like, take your TRX with you, for example? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a portable thing as well. And if I can... If I, or if I can find a children's sort of play area, playground, where they've got, you know, yeah. swings, and I can do... You're one of those guys you see <laughs> doing all those crazy things, yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll do, you do pull-ups, you can do yeah. dips, yeah. you can do some stuff with dumbbells, you can run for 20 minutes, and you have a good sort of 45, you know, 60-minute workout yeah. where you feel you've properly worked out. So yeah. it, it's, it, I think it's about getting... You know, preparing what you're going to do before you go there. Yeah. So, so whenever you, wherever you arrive, you, you know, check out: is there a gym? Is there somewhere yeah. to go? And and you're you're ready. Anywhere yeah. in the world, you can do that. Yeah. Some someone, a couple of things I picked up off people, which I thought was quite useful, is as soon as you land somewhere new, just go for a run and do a recce around the place. Yeah. Because you're going to want to know where the nice restaurants are, shops. But obviously, you do your run. Yeah. That's great. Also, uh, always take the stairs, not the lift. Yeah. You know, and I, I've, got, I've got this weird habit. If you ever see me go upstairs, always run upstairs. It's kind of weird. But um, it's just the little, these things compound up, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, there's a great book. I, I it's, it's a guy called Kelly Starrett. Um, but I, I think it's, it's, it's to do with sitting, particularly in children. But the, the, you know, the damage that is done with sitting. And if you think about it, if you, if you work out the amount of time that you spend sitting in meetings, sitting in the car, yeah. trains, planes, there's some, mm. there's, some st- there's some sitting that you can't avoid. You know, you yeah. can't avoid 
sitting in your car. Yeah. But what you need to do is, is to balance that. So you know, standing desks. Do you use the massage seats in your car, or are they just gimmicky? I, I've I, got, I have got them, but right. I, they don't. They're gimmicky. They're really going to make a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> I, we, on the way back from Scotland, put those, those on a few times, <laughs> thinking, "Oh yeah, this is good." But all right, it's just it's a not. Yeah, it feels <laughs> it feels nice, but it doesn't really do anything. Oh. But no, really, really, it's about kind of you know standing desks. Uh, are, yeah. Are important. I've got one, you know. Is that where you can sort of raise it up? Oh, yeah, yeah, but ideally keep it on the standing position. Yeah. And and just avoid sitting down too long in meetings. Yeah. You know, we're, all, we're obviously a fitness company and there's there's some parts of the company that are still used to traditionally sitting down. Yeah. But then there's other meetings we have with different people, the product development team, you know, we'll, yeah. they'll be standing around. Our design team do that. They stand yeah. up for their meetings. It also reduces the amount of time, doesn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. And the wastage, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so definitely sitting has a big impact, not just on you know the way you move. You know, if you, if you want to think, you know, come up with ideas, and, and you, you're basically cutting off the blood flow to half of your body. Right. Yeah. So, if if you are like you know, for them, if you're trying to be creative or or, or you know, get to a solution, then you, you want to be standing, and, yeah. and then you start seeing people, you know. They're slumping in meetings, and then yeah. you know energy's gone, and you, yeah. you're almost like better off finishing it there. Yeah, and that and that's when um, you know that's when really when the meeting starts sort of going downhill. Yeah. So yes, standing is is pretty important, I would say. Okay, cool. So definitely want to come back to diet, specifically talk about brain food and all that. But I want to part that just to mix it up a bit and start yeah. talking about your business and how you've developed it in the story around that. So you started in '98, you said. Yeah. And, yeah. and why did you start? the business and what was it and why did you get into it? As I said, I'd been involved, been interested in fitness from a young age. Uh, from sort of 15, I was inspired by uh, my, my cousin. He used to, he was lifting weights. And yeah. so he, I guess he was a, probably one of the per- people that uh, sort of first got me thinking about it. And then I asked my, my dad to buy me a set of weights for Christmas. And then I, th- I think it was pumping iron. I was just going to say, have you seen pumping <laughs> iron? That is awesome. Yeah I, yeah, I remember sort of I fell off my roller skates and um, one summer and, and couldn't go anywhere. So yeah. I, I happened to have this film Pumping Iron. I must have watched it 20 or 30 times. You yeah. know, over, I, I could recite every single word in it. Yeah. And, and then I thought, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And, um, and, and then, yeah, so I, I, I sort of started lifting weights in the garage. The one qualification I got from school was in woodwork and metalwork, so I right. made a made a bench and some yeah. squat stands, and uh, right. and and that that I guess that was the first piece of fitness equipment I made. Yeah, and then went into you know looked searched for what I wanted to do. Didn't really, you know, everybody says you you know people suddenly get this urge; they know exactly what they want to do. I, I didn't. I, I weren't really sure, clear about what it was, but I always this, this fitness thing stayed with me. I. Used to do jobs in the evening that would get me free access to gyms and work in the as a nightclub bouncer and yeah. sort of learn about nutrition and how to work out and how to prepare for competition. So it's something that, that when I think back, it, it stayed with me for a long time. And then kind of had this idea one day in the gym. Saw um, saw. If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. 
We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. These, these big sort of bumper plates that they, that they do Olympic lifting with. Yeah. I, I remember seeing one of those and it had Poland written on the side. And uh, my, my father, who started the business with me, he, was, he always had this sort of idea about going back to Poland, where his family was from, and, and setting up a company there. He, it was at the time where Poland was a closed country and uh, nobody really did any business there. And he thought it was, there were some good opportunities to be had by going into Poland before anyone else. So he had a lot of family connections, and I said, well, look, why don't you try and find where they make these bumper plates, and I'll, you know, this would be my dream job. I'll just go around gyms all day and uh, try and sell them. Yeah. So it, 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 he was working for another company, and it took months. He used to be on the phones in the evenings to long-lost family, yeah. aunts and uncles. Eventually found a company, and um, we, we, I remember bringing, we, we, there was, there's a house not too far from here where we, where we lived at the time, and uh, I remember this big 40-foot, truck was reversing down this little cul-de-sac where we lived to uh, to unload the, this first pallet of weights that we had and my mum was called me up in the office <laughs> panicking quick there's a big load down there the neighbours are looking out the window and this guy wanted to offload it he said you know have you got any forklifts and he's like no <laughs> yeah. so they, they offloaded them one at, one at a time and that's that's kind of where, where we started you know yeah. just came up with there was no real big fancy business I've plan. got one question on that if it's alright yeah. and that is hobbies and business so I uh, set up as an artist because art was one of my um, passions probably listening to you not quite as much as the passion and health and fitness is to you but what's your take on that or whether someone should or shouldn't turn a hobby into a business well I would say do you know do do you think what what was the reason that that you couldn't have turned that in the business. You know, could potentially. Well, the reason that, the reason it didn't scale was because I didn't understand sales and marketing. I understood how to paint pictures. Yeah. And I was good at painting yeah. and drawing, and I had the proof. But I was scared to go out and sell them. Right. And I, I didn't embrace marketing. Right. And I used to think, well, if I didn't sell any paintings, I must need to do different more paintings. Right. So um, I'd, I'd have a different take on that now. And I suppose property saved me. And yeah, so that's why that didn't succeed. So potentially, if you. You know, now you know if you sold the business. Well, if I did it now, someone else would do the paintings. I'd build the brand. Someone else would sell them. Someone would market them, and I'd sit on the beach and pull the strings. Yeah. You know, so so potentially you could still turn your passion into a business. Knowing now, I guess about the sales and marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think some people though they're just a bit delusional that you know because they love it so much, you know, can you take decorating macaroons? Can you take that and turn it into a multi-million pound global business? Well, I think somebody has. There's a, um, there's a little place my daughter loves. It's, in, um, it's, it's a macaroon shop. I can't think of the guy's name now. Right, someone actually probably... asked me that question on the podcast. Right. Yeah. Well, he, he has done it. He's, he's a French guy and he's got a concession in there in Harrods and yeah. Selfridges. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find the name. Yeah. But anyway, they, they are amazing macaroons. Right. And this guy has built a huge business out of, um, yeah, I guess, decorating macaroons. So, yeah, you probably can. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So do you think it's the key then that you've got enough of a passion that you'll endure the challenges along the way? 
I think I, I think the problem and and you know we've seen it as well. We've we've sort of had different business ventures where we've taken uh, people that have got a passion for something and then tried to shoehorn them into being business people yeah. and 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 their passion is 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 an over is overrides their sort of business commercial mm. sales and marketing and yeah. and so that's difficult so you know it's like if you're if you're if you are an artist or if you're a passionate person about you know let's let's say you know making i don't know whatever make, you know making plastic bottles that look beautiful then then you can be so into that that you you know, you don't have any commercial awareness. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I think that's the problem. So providing I think you can get the balance between your your passion, or you can build a team of yeah. people. You know, I was fortunate. My my father was was very good at you know the business, the operational, the yeah. financial side. So so he and and I was very much sales, marketing, product development. knew knew about the industry, what it wanted, and so as a team. We kind of complemented each other's strengths. Yeah. Um, if you if you listen to what Richard Branson says, you know he's his skill sets fairly narrow, but yeah. he's got some great yes. people around him who do. And, and I think if you you know hear any entrepreneurs, that that's the case. So yeah. I think providing that you can get that team and manage that team, keep that team together, then yeah, you know you yeah. can you can make any passion a success. Yeah, yeah um, it's interesting you say that because I think that too. I also think there's got to be a market. And I think you've got to embrace some new skills you haven't yet got. Yeah. Because yeah. You know, if you're a great artist but no one sees your art, you're not a great artist. You're only a posthumously dead, poor artist. And there's plenty of poor artists. But one good agent, but you've still got to sell that agent yeah. on your art. Yeah. You know, like a band. Probably loads of... I, I've got a friend in Peterborough who's a brilliant musician. Great band. Listen to him singing, you think that could be in the charts, but not the poppy stuff. But he's just been kind of journeyman in for yeah. 15 years because maybe not quite right image, maybe not quite the right label, or yeah, yeah. I, I think there's lots of cases. You know, we, I, I meet lots of talented people, trainers mm. around the world. With you know, we meet so many people with great products. We're, we're a fitness company. We we develop products and sell them to mm. trainers and uh, health clubs around the world. And you know, out of every. 20 or 30 ideas one or two of them will, will fly and there's different reasons why some of them don't work you know some of it can be the execution so it can be a great product but the way it's executed either by the company that brings it to us or we partner with or or you know by us ourselves you know that's that plays a big part mm. um you can have a semi-average product but it can be executed fantastic and it and yeah. it can do incredibly well you've also got i guess i've, I've lost my track of thought now well, I could probably help you out yeah. there because there's a question I wanted to ask, which is, what do you think makes the difference between, you know, you see a load of good entrepreneurs or people in the fitness industry and some, most of them don't succeed and then one or two don't. Is there anything you could bottle that makes a difference between the also-rounds? Because there must be loads of stories in every industry of people who were nearly there. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think picking up on the bit that you said earlier, you know, about learning skills you know when I started the business the first thing I did was when um when I when I was pitching to a company to supply his products I, I there was a guy he's actually in Peterborough and, and I and he, he did me this sort of two-day negotiation course in my back garden and um so so you know I, I wanted to learn how to negotiate and I did sales courses and marketing courses and you know pretty much for 10 years Every other month, I'd be learning something to, to improve yeah. my skill set because I didn't have any of that knowledge. Yeah. So that, those were 
important things. You've got to develop yourself and, and you've got to learn, out, learn about what's going in the market and then understand how you can apply that specific information to what you've got. Yeah. There, there is... Can I just a, pause it really yeah. quickly, just keep the next bit. Everybody that I've interviewed on this podcast has said personal development, continual learning, investing in yourself, doing courses, trainings, home study, having mentors, whatever. Yeah. Everyone has said that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Joe Vellante, I interviewed him, he won The Apprentice. And he's got Lord Sugar as a mentor, and he read his book and learned his book off by heart, you know. And that he thought that that really helped him. And I just wanted to pick up yeah, on yeah. That, that, that. You know, there's a lot of people that don't believe in that, and you just go out and you get the experience. But yeah. you can make big mistakes going out and just getting the experience. Yeah, and, and I, I agree that you know I've, some you know, people think that you don't need mentors, but if you you know the way I use it in some cases is more just motivation. Mm. You know, I take some of it. I, 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 I leave some of it behind. But sometimes, you know, you can go to a workshop. You can meet other people, mm. and then it just kind of gives you that um, that boost. Because entrepreneur, uh, you know, I know, I know I'm going a little bit off track. But being an entrepreneur, it's quite a lonely. It certainly business. is when you start. You don't have a team, <laughs> and you're in your bedroom, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and even yeah. even as you grow, because you're, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to share your problems with. The people that you, yeah. you know, you. But you have to deal with all of this. Yeah, yeah, and all the responsibilities on you. Yeah, and when the cash flow's low and they're pissing around, <laughs> and you know there's not much money left in the bank, and yeah, yeah. all that stuff. So and they so, never thank you, but you have to keep thanking them, <laughs> otherwise they're not very happy. And yeah, so it's, it, it it can be quite lonely, and and when you you know whether you want to grow or whether you're pulling yourself up from a, a downturn, whatever mm. that is, you, it, it's quite a, a solitary experience so being able to go out and you know whether you go on a workshop course you you have a mentor whatever we're having that or just like when we catch up for yeah to carluccio's and you get to talk about two people who in a different world can talk the same language they'll yeah. find that inspiring yeah so i think having having that just kind of gives you those mini boosts i think that in relation to the question that you asked is you've got to you've got to take the, the right information for you so I, th- so I think it's important when, when you say you know what's the difference between the ones that make it and, and don't make it I think there's you know there's pe- a lot of people think right I'm going to come up with a great product I'm going to stick a good name or brand on it uh, and then, then that's going to sell yeah. um, and there are examples um, which is unfortunate but there are examples of those cases where that does happen mm. but when you when you sort of look into it and most people you know they'll look at the surface and say well you know this product came from nowhere and all of a sudden they're selling millions of units yeah. and they're a huge brand but if you you know if you if you are able to look underneath the, the, the bonnet which is quite difficult because mm. a lot of people won't actually tell you of a lot or, of the cases. or you read in magazines <laughs> and see on media they want the overnight success story don't they yeah. they don't want the 10 years overnight success story no yeah. no so and you know they they, they won't find out about you know how they were funded and you know the fact that the people who funded the business you know took it out yeah. and wanted to sell it so all, all those kind of stories that go on you know they they, they don't see that and, and and so what they think is they'll come up with a product and they'll think oh we're going to sell all of these units but that's you know that's not no. the, that's not the reality i think what you need in whether it's in business or whether you launch a product is you need to take a long-term approach yeah. to it you need to be focused on it so whether that's with the, the, the bit that you were talking about, you know, the learning side, 
you've got to be focused on, you know, what, what, why am I doing this? So, you know, have a plan. I'm going to go and learn this because I want to find out about how to help this part of my business. Yeah. And then, you know, you come back and you've got a list of things that you're going to work on because you go to any workshop and you come back with a huge amount of information and yeah. most people fail because they're not applying any of it. Yeah. But if you come back, as you know, and, and, and say, right, there's these four things that I really needed. That's yeah. why I went there. And I'm going to continue to yeah. work on these until I yeah. get it right. The same as if you want to get, you know, if you want to get yourself fit, you, you focus on these basics, and you don't kind of give up until mm. you're there. You just keep going, yeah. and and I think that's that's probably why people fail in business. They try and do two things, and then they realise it's too hard, and then they're on to the next thing. Yeah. And as you spoke about, you know, your your taekwondo was it? Your well, martial it was arts, kickboxing, kung fu, yeah. all that. Yeah. So if, as you said, if you, you know, if you had have stuck at that. You know, you'd have probably been world class, yeah. uh, I would assume, yeah. by, by now. But mm. it, 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 you know, we've all made those mistakes, and in our business, we, we've done the same. As yeah. we've, we've uh, tried everything from you know nutrition, yeah. this product, that product. We've, we've had it all because well, in your in your industry as well, there's this new, brand new, super amazing fitness product thingy, isn't there? Comes out all the time. Absolutely, it's going to yeah. save everyone's life, and they can sit there, and it'll make yeah. them thin and sexy and. Yeah. And as an innovative company, which we are, you know, we want to be on the cutting edge. There's a temptation to to, to take everything. You know, yeah. It's like, yeah, we need that, we need that. And and yeah. sometimes you just got to step back and say, well, look, you know, which ones, which ones really fit into what we've got? You know, which ones could we really do a good job? Mm. Which ones can we sort of be almost like the best in the world at? Yeah. And um, you know, which ones are we going to get everybody behind? Not just to launch it, but to continue mm. with that product until yeah. it's a success. And the ones we, we have done that with, you know, the one are always generally successful. Yeah. So I think whether you, whether it's your your body and you want to get in shape, or whether it's your business, they're the they're the same things. Mm. You know, start keep it simple, focus until you've mastered it, and and just persevere. Yeah. Until you're there, you know, yeah. Don't give up, kind of thing. Yeah, and you know, I've got something to add to that, which I kind of recently learned because I've, I've my last book, Life Leverage, is a published book second biggest publisher in the world and I've never been published before and I've written eight books before it which weren't published and um, when you write you kind of think the work's done when the book is out and then you know and then maybe you do a launch which, and then you know and then obviously you hope it goes viral and gets massive or whatever but one thing that Life Leverage really taught me is um, the first thing the, the, the publisher I work with the person I work with in Hachette he said that often we do two or three year cycles of books, i.e. they write a book every two or three years, and I was planning on writing one to two books a year. You know, and, and that's because um, you've got to keep pushing the hell out of it. You know, like a band does an album, but then they tour and tour and tour and tour and tour and tour and tour. And, tour. and so um, it pissed a couple of people off, but with Life Leverage, I basically just keep pushing it. And we, la- we've la- we launched it, and then we relaunched it, and then we relaunched it again with the publishers. And it's like every push, you get a new wave. And then I got on the Steve Wright radio show, which is big in the UK. And um, that's why you do two or three cycles of books. You keep pushing it, keep pushing it. The work isn't done when you've finished the products in a nice box. And I think, naively, I thought with book writing, write a great book, get a publisher, the magic happens or it yeah. doesn't. Yeah. But you've you got to push it. Yeah. You've got get to the, get on the road and do the touring, yeah. you know, if you're a band. And I think that's an interesting point. And sometimes it can come down to, I guess... Oh, by the way, if you haven't bought Life Leverage yet, <laughs> sorry. I, I think some of that can come down to, to a couple of things. You know, one could be not really understanding the potential of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the guys, Nick, who works for 
it works in our design product design, design development teams always like well why don't we just do one product and sell the hell out of it you know mm. and we and, and sell a lot and there's lots of examples if, you know if you look at companies like Apple you know if you look at their product yeah. ranges they had a few products and you know the story about Steve Jobs when he came in was just you know slashing yeah. right back mm. and I, I think it is tempting to think well look, if we want to grow the business we've got to keep coming out with new things all the time but mm. you know potentially it's very easy to deal with a global market now and I, and I think some, sometimes we think still fairly locally in terms yeah. of what the potential is and, um, and, and you know, in order to, to touch people in, you know, around the world, yes, you can have a few, you know, probably in this podcast, you've probably got listeners around the world. You know, yes, we've got customers in, in as I said, you know, probably even 80 countries around the world with our products. But how, how deep, how much penetration yeah. have we got? Um, and, you know, probably if we focused on going deeper in some of those key markets, then... You know the the, the rewards yeah. would be would be incredible because the work that you have to put into is, is already been done. Yeah, hasn't it? You know, you've yeah. not got to create. So, so you've got to rewrite the products. books. Yeah, yeah. So then, yeah. if you do another ten products, you've got to do that same thing again for ten and ten. Yeah. Whereas if you, you know, the more you do something, the better you get. Yeah. And the more things you learn about how to do it, and 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 so you know that's yeah. that's one of the key things that we've learned in our business now is to kind of just get a lot better. Yeah. And, you know, packaging so so is that your way of saying you're balancing innovation with existing proven products yeah and you can innovate because you're sorry just quickly you're not going to turn your back on dumbbells and bars and benches that have been selling awesomely for 30 years just because the new kettlebell or bags come out no but if you just stick to those and the new kettlebells or bags come out yeah because, I mean, I've got loads of examples of this in my business I might talk about it in a minute, but what, what, what's your thought of balancing innovation, disruption, the new stuff, yeah. you know, with the stuff you're already doing that, that's yeah. working? And I think they call them cash cows. You know, there's, right, yeah. you've, you've, there's lots of examples of those items which uh, they're not interesting, they're not sexy, um, they're probably not even, you know, huge margin products, but they'll sell you know year and it's, it's like in the sports industry you know your your sort of vest tops and yeah. your shorts you know there's nothing really innovative about right. those and you just need to bring them out every year and you know have a little bit of a tweak on it so yeah, yeah. Th- those are really important and it's important not to take your eye off them um, yeah. but I think for us as a company one of the things that we pride ourselves on is is being innovative so yeah. we're not we're not a, a necessarily not a fast follower we're not a, a low Price, high volume, you know, strip out every margin. We're, we're you know, a company that wants to be innovative, wants to, you know, be on the cutting edge of how to, you know, get the best work out. That, and is there a risk you could be too soon, too innovative, or take risks and they flop because the market doesn't know them yet or understand them? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've worked with a lot of big brands, you know, huge sports brands that have come up with these very innovative products probably about 10 years ago. Yeah. And we're now. Yeah. We've, we're working now with our own brand and we're, we're, we're still using these ideas today and mm. people have never even seen or heard about them. So yeah, there is, there is a danger of being too soon uh, yeah. unless you've got the, the money to educate yeah. a, a global market. And Nike have just pulled out of golf um, really? clubs and balls wow. and um, therefore not sponsoring Rory McIlroy anymore. They obviously know that there's no margin in that yeah. for them and they're not, you know, they, they'll make... M- billions in their apparel yeah. they're not dropping the clothes yeah. 
That must be hard, drop products that you've put a lot of time and energy into. And they're quite good at it, I think, with their, their wristband product as well, yeah. which they you know, made a huge push on. Um, Fuelband, Nike Fuelband, sort of came out of that wearable market, which is, you know, it's a big category, but for mm. whatever reason, they, you know, they decided to put out. And I, I think sometimes you've got to have the discipline to do it because, yeah. you know, with every product you've got, it, it costs money to support it. You know, it costs money for us in our type of business to keep it in the warehouse yeah. or warehouses. And um, it, it's something that I guess, you know, still we've still not mastered, but it's, it's something, it's an ongoing thing to say, look, you know, let's keep trimming back and let's do better at fewer things. Yeah. Um, and then it, it, from a competitive perspective, it also makes it very difficult for anybody to compete with you because mm. you're so good in one area yeah. um, that you know, in order for someone to, to even tr- try and compete, it's, you know, it's going to take them a couple of years to get that yeah. type of knowledge and experience. Mm. And I, I guess it's all about strategy. There are different strategies to business. You know, some people could say, like, I'm just going to, a lot of our competitors are in this, well, I'm just going to see what they're doing and I'm going to copy it and I'm going to, be a, I'm going to try and do it cheaper. And, yeah. and uh, you know, that, that's a strategy as well, really. Mm. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, not for me, but um, no, no, and obviously I'm not, not for I'm you. Not. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so parallel in our property world, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. So, I have a company called Progressive Property, and um, for ten years, a standard four-day buy to let or learn how to invest in property course we've been running, and we'll run ten of them a year, something like that. And then we have a mentoring program, you know, a year-long mentoring program we've been running now for about eight years. We've actually had um, just over now a thousand people on that program, and it's anywhere from fifteen to fifty thousand. People can get discounts, but that's kind of you know roughly where it's at. And they just keep going every year, no matter what's happening. But then you have new things that come in, like the current one is what's called serviced accommodation. You know, people turning the house into like where you can rent the rooms off Airbnb. You know, renting their rooms right, out yeah, uh, yeah. by the day, and you can get a lot more per room, and then. You know, a, a few years ago, there's called options. Instead of buy, you get an option to buy, and you do leases rather than purchases. And what we find is there's this bread and butter that if we turn away from, then we're probably being too innovative or kind of changing too much. Yeah. But then being first and early, but maybe not too early on these new innovations, kind of recession-proofs us in a way. Yeah. Um, and But often, a lot of them, they're good for a year or two or three and then they're kind of gone or back to normal. Yeah. Is, that, is that the way business works in your world? And is, yeah, have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think you've, you've got, when, when, like us, we've got to a certain size now where um, you know, we're fairly recognised. I, I think up in, in the past, we were always you know, below the radar. And so we could be risky and experiment with things and um, not have to think too much about how it would impact on the brand. And um, as you get bigger and, and you're more respected and, and um, you, you're playing a bigger part in people's businesses, then you have to be careful about jumping on every trend because if, it, you, know, if you back the wrong horse, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect, as you said, you, your main business. So yeah. there's, I think you've got to be very, very careful about that. And, yeah. and we are and we spend a lot of time on, on you know, that, that road. It's like, well, you know, do we... Is this right? And, yeah. and there's so much new information coming out in, in fitness and so many gurus telling you what to do. You, you, yeah. You've got to be able to sort of cut through it and say, you know, is this, is, is this good for people? Is this the right thing? Do we feel good about it as a company? Has it got longevity? Is it going to make a difference to people yeah. in the long term? And then, you know, if it, then there's a certain 
sort of uh, profile that we go. If it does that, then we'll we'll get on board and we'll yeah. we'll, we'll do it the first. Because th- there is an argument you can be too innovative, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot. Of, we we see a lot of people, and you th- you know they're pumping a huge amount into this idea, and mm. and you think, oh, no, you know. no proof, no necessarily a market <laughs> yet. Yeah, and that, you know they'll get so far, but you know a lot. You you see lots of them. You know they'll be here today and gone tomorrow. And for yeah. us, we're we're a, a family business, and we're here for the for the long term you know yeah. it's something that I, I enjoy doing it's a lifestyle business and um, yeah. um, you know we're not just in it to make a quick X amount of money yeah so yeah sure. I think that's however you know if you do want to experiment so we do have a we, we, we have another brand another sort of company and that's our kind of experimenter brand so yeah. it's a so the Fat Duck the famous restaurant they had like an experiment kitchen right okay and they hired someone and they you know basically used to go and do all these experiments there yeah that's quite a good idea isn't it you silo something small and risky like yeah. little R&D department yeah 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 so we have so next to our offices you've been there so we've got a escape gym yes um, and that's that's a that's a, a kind of lab so anything any new ideas we'll stick them in there yeah and it's great because we can Anybody who wants to can go and work out in the lunch times, morning yeah. or evening. So it's you know it's good to get them working out. But also any kind of cookie ideas that people bring to yeah. us, we can say, well, let's put it in there and see mm. see what it's like, test it out. And then if it's if it's a little bit out there, we'll put it into this other company and we'll you know we'll, we'll just see how it goes. It's, yeah. it's, it's a test, but you know having the ability to sort of get that outlet yeah. and and get feedback and you know sometimes you need these products in the market for a year to yeah. see how what they're like how they them. use them yeah. how they perform there's, yeah. there's lots of considerations are they safe yeah. particularly in fitness you know you need to make sure that the product's safe and it's yes. not going to injure someone so mm-hmm. so we were able to kind of test things in a controlled way yeah. and then if they do work we, you know, we've got the option to sort yeah. of bring those over so yeah. I, th- I think if, if you are an innovative company and certainly a lot of successful companies um, you know, it's, it's 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 a good strategy to have to to, to you know to be able to differentiate yourself. Yeah. If you do that, you know, how, you've got to have this this way of I don't know what they call them. Um, there's a, there's a name for it in software where you sort of like a, you test yeah like a, beta. Yeah, there's oh, yeah. A, I, I can't think what their name version is. one or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they they kind of have these little sort of development hubs where you, you um, yeah you just sort of test yeah. ideas and yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. I talk a lot about that, you know, because I can imagine in your world, because I've seen, you know, you develop tyres, don't you? I remember a few years ago I bought a 100-kilo rear tractor tyre and I start, saw you starting to develop them, and you can obviously flip the tyre, but it's got such a massive tread it digs up my garden, which is why I asked you about, you know, can you do a, gar- a gym in my garden for me? But you can also drag the tyre. Yeah. But because it's so big and heavy when you drag it, it really cuts your yeah. hands up. And I noticed you've put like little handles yeah. actually on the tyre and it's soft, so it doesn't damage yeah. anything and you've got different weights of them. Yeah. And you, people need to play around with them for a while, don't they? Yeah. So, and, and then they probably start moving it in an innovative way. Yeah. You know, oh, look at how they're doing it. And there's probably loads of ways now to, to move the tyre. And... Yeah, that, that's a good example of, um, you know, with innovation, uh, there's there's different degrees of innovation, yeah. and so with the tire, it was a you know, it was a very simple case that we were seeing the the, the CrossFit gyms, mm. which were you know this was becoming really popular in yeah. the way people were working out, and and you know the classic picture of they'll have this big rubber truck tire and they're yeah. flipping it. Yeah, that, that was it. So you know we 
speaking to some people, went into the gym and saw them kind of mocking up using one of our products and doing these types of exercises. And we thought, okay, well, that, that could be quite interesting. Mm. And so, you know, our, the, 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 the sort of idea that we came up with is how can we take something that's done outside by these CrossFitters that will, you know, don't mind getting sort of, you know, working out, sort of work out with a more raw. brick or yeah, yeah it's very very raw and and you know those guys are passionate about fitness and it's a great experience but how could i take that to someone like my mum or yeah. my wife or whatever but you know because it's a great movement you know, it's you know you it's it's a squat it's a a, a deadlift it's a push yeah. it's a pull so so mm. if, if if you look at what it does to your body it's a great movement yeah. for people to do yeah. and by using the tire it takes them away from thinking that they're doing a deadlift on a bar which will yeah. frighten a lot of people off yeah. so it's like okay it's a great movement it's fun so you know by adding colors to it you know these are red blue green yeah. they look kind of like a tire but it's it, as you said it's soft so if you drop it on your toes or yeah. you know falls on your leg you're not going to hurt yourself yeah. you've got handles so you can grip it and, and that was really, you know, it's, it's not really a huge amount of innovation in that yeah. because it, it, it looks like a tire. It does, you know, not a yeah. huge amount of innovation in the... In but terms there was, there's of not a lot of innovation in a lot of Apple's products. They just borrow stuff that's, yeah, you know, like the touch screen and all of that. Yeah, so yeah. it was, but, but it was, and that's the key thing about when you innovate because it's, if it's too far out there, then to sell it or for people to understand... Mm-hmm the concept you've got to spend a huge amount of money educating the market on why they need it that it the the product dies straight away you know we've seen some brilliant products and when you sit down with the inventor that's a you know top scientist you think man i I, how could i live without this product but how am i going to get you to communicate to you know millions of people out there without you being in the room and it took him you know it will take him half an hour to explain that concept whereas with the tire and i could put it in the room here and we could bring you know everybody in and they're going to pretty much understand what it is yeah. and what you do with it there's yeah. the, the education behind that is, is fairly simple so the, i guess the, the the trick is you know not being so innovative that unless you can afford to that the, that the education on yeah. that innovation is too big but you know just enough where it's it's ahead of everything yeah. else that's on there yeah. and that's the magic you know if you can kind of get products that, that do that sure. which sell yeah. themselves then, um, you know, yeah. you're going to make a well, lot you, of money. I mean, <laughs> by the way, this is question one <laughs> so far we've done. I'll give you a little sort of 10 seconds to rest your brain. Okay. Because I'll make some of these questions quite quick yeah. fire because, you know, you've got a $40 million business to run. Hybridising, I think, something that can be innovative where you don't, you know, like if you look at music genres, often you get a new genre, but it's actually a bit of a mishmash like hip-hop. It's a, it's a bit of an old Motown or whatever, yeah. you know, early sort of, Metal is just kind of detuned rock. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of maybe a safer way to innovate is to sort of hybridize and take things from different industries even, merge them together. Yeah, I, I um, you know, one of the things that um, I guess I have sort of fairly naturally is I, I love, you know, I love sort of looking at shops and businesses mm-hmm. and how things are made, manufacturing. And, and so one of the, I'm fairly fortunate that, that I can sort of, things just start fitting into place. So I'll look at this microphone, for example, and I and I, I like nicely designed bits of yeah. cars and, yeah. you know, what have you. And, I, and I'll look at it and I'll, you know, look at the screw and everything. And then, you know, probably in six months' time, you're we're developing a product, for example, and then you'll say, oh, I saw that mechanism somewhere. And it's, mm-hmm. oh, right, it's in here. Yeah. And so by, by looking, by, you know, I think it's important to get out mm-hmm. and, and not just, 
stick in your own industry. Get get it out there and look at different things. Yeah. You know, go out into look at what you know great successes in retail and yeah. um, what what different businesses are doing there. Mm. It's obviously, depending on what type of industry that you're in. Yeah. But if it's in manufacturing, is is if you're making a physical product. Is, is get out and see as many different things. You know, look at what the, the footwear company are doing to yeah. technology and shoes and, and stitching and, and, and labeling and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And, and then when you're, when you're developing your thing, you'll, you'll be able to pull on all these yeah. different ideas from several different industries. And then, you know, ideally yeah. you want to try and find someone to make it. Yeah. So, and I, just on that, I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves that they're not creative, <laughs> you know, or they can't come up with ideas. But Whilst I don't subscribe to the fact that there are no new ideas, because I do think there are all the time, but most new ideas are just, I looked at some art, I read some poetry, you know, I listened to some music, I saw something, and then I implemented it into something that I put them together in my mind unconsciously. Yeah. To me, that's creativity. Yeah. It, you, know, it's not, you don't have to be brand new and no one's ever done it and no one's ever seen it. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think you just got to get, and, and I'm talking about, again, we're in a manufacturing business predominantly, um, so it's a, it's a little bit different than, than, I guess, where you are, but mm. I, I think the same principles apply. You've got to, you know, in terms of books uh, or, you know, video content or videos, is, is going out there and looking yeah. in, at some really out there businesses that got nothing to do with what you're doing mm. and and seeing some of the things that they do because you know if you, if you look at the best in the field in whatever industry that 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 they're in you know they're doing they're doing some unique things mm. that make them the best in their field you know i love looking at the um sort of I, although i don't do any diy or home i don't do any repairs in the home i'm useless <laughs> but I, I love the sort of the going into the stores and looking at the, at the drills and the, yeah. the, the the sort of home Equipment, because from a design perspective, they they do some amazing mm. things with mouldings and and how they shape things and design yeah. stuff. So I think I think doing that helps, and and also about I'm I'm huge into into design mm. and and how things look, and um and and I think it's you know whatever your product, whether you're selling a book or or you know you've got your website or, or whatever yeah. area that you're involved in, is I would always. You know, I think is you know invest in the in the best kind yeah. of design people that you can mm-hmm. get your hands on. Whether it's you know creating video, doing podcasts, is, is you know get that get the quality mm. right for, yeah. as as much as you can afford. Yeah. Know, sadly, you don't want to not do it because you can't afford to do. You know, don't use that as a barrier to say, well, I'm not going to do a podcast because I can't afford the stuff you've got here. Yeah. But certainly, always push to get the best that you can yeah. afford at that time. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I've always been really inspired by design and thinking about now you've just said it, the more amazing design that's around you, it really helps your creativity, I think. So I love Bang & Olufsen. Not necessarily the best sound in the world for the price, but, you know, the ergonomics and the way something looks and the new speakers and you look at them and you're just inspired, you know. So you've got Panerai and they've got a very unique design. I love Patek Philippe, I love you know, IWC or Odomars Piguet and you, you look at the and you see the design and you realise how much passion and energy and enthusiasm and history of hundreds of years has gone in. You know, you look at a, a Ferrari or whatever and you, you just feel inspired because you probably can't consciously see it, but you know that some of the best designers in the world have been involved in it. And then if you're surrounded by that, you know, go and see beautiful buildings, you see amazing art, your brain picks up on it. Yeah. And, and then probably just comes through you 
Maybe I'm getting a bit hippie now. I'm not sure, but <laughs> all right, cool. So got, we'll do some quick fire ones. Yeah. If that's all right, we've got. Um, so we'll try and keep these short and sharp. Okay. But uh, up, you know, I'd, I'd go. I'm enjoying this. I've gone forever, but Harry's like, you, how long have we been? An hour? Hour and ten minutes. It's going to officially be the longest one. <laughs> right. So pick one or two things that people in your industry think are really good, but you think is really bad. I.e., the advice they're giving or the products they're creating. A couple of things that you see that people are doing really bad, but they think is really good. I think for for the you know we're talking the mass mm. sort of public out there. I think there's uh, in, in what we do there is an obsession about how you have to look, um, and you know we're we also we're the same. You know we have great looking people in our catalogues and that. But I, I think you know what the fitness is is so important. You know, general health and fitness is so important for for everybody. Mm. When kids and you know whatever age you are, pensioners, you know, being able to understand and get involved in in some you know very simple movement fitness and and, and very simple education on on nutrition, you know, can make such a difference to to so many people. And and I I think there is a there's a real narrow view on what that is and it's about having a six pack and 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 i think that's that's the perception and and so for us and and you know we're still we're certainly not the best at doing this but but to to sort of be able to open that message up to more people Mm. help them understand some real basics about what they can do you know just just as i said you know a a fact of you know just standing more Mm. walking more as we said earlier you know cutting out your, your sugars and, and your sort of highly processed foods. Some real yeah. simple little things that, that people could do could transform yeah. uh, their life. And I think there's, there's so much that it's about, you know, people want to quickly lose weight. They yeah. think if they lose weight, you know, that's where they need to be. But it's yeah. not really what it's all about. No. Okay. So the image and the perception then, you think? Yeah. 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 And it's, getting, you know, it's, it's, it's being able to make it more of a lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, a, a, and I know this is a sort of an overused phrase, but, but a healthier lifestyle is is probably what it's yeah. what it's all about and and helping people to understand you know where they can go to get that good information you know certainly some of the rubbish you read in the newspapers uh, that has been sponsored by yeah. xyz company and suddenly everybody you know overreacts and takes the information they want and suddenly says oh well, you know that's not good for you and now we don't need to work out and now we yeah. shouldn't be taking vitamins and all this kind of stuff you know it's, it's that, that, that can be a problem yeah. as well yeah and Quite famous guy, you, I know you've been into, that I've been into, Tony Robbins. Right. And, um, you know, for quite a long time in his seminars, it's like, don't eat anything with a face. Right. You know, so no meat, no fish, no eggs, nothing that came from something with a face, which is basically vegan. And just recently, he had, like, near-death mercury levels in his body. Right. And had to get rid of it. And now, it's funny the way he says it, because he says, now I'm, I'm taking land proteins. Right. He's eating meat. Right. And, um, you know, I really respect the guy. I'm not knocking him, but I just, it, it makes me think with, and you must see this in the fitness industry a lot, anything that's too extreme, surely it's got to be bad. Yeah. So with diet, what's wrong with having, you know, a bit of meat, a bit of fish, a bit of vegetables, a bit of vitamins, a bit of minerals, even a little treat of a bit of sugar in every now and again if it's natural. And surely if you wipe out half of the four main food categories... Yeah. You might get a short-term result, like Atkins, short-term result, but surely that's not... Surely sustainability is in balance. Yeah. Am I being a bit old-fashioned here, or...? No, I think, I think you're right. There's, um, you know, there's, there's a there's lot, lot of, of toxins people... toxins in vegetables. You go organic and yeah. vegan, yeah. you know, 
plants don't want to be eaten. That's not their purpose. So they come, they, there's all these toxins in them. Yeah. And, you know, you, you get too much of anything in your body and it's a poison. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Same, you know, with working out, you have the same things. With nutrition, you have the same things. And I, I think you just got to be fairly. Um, I, and I know most people don't like, you know, the the balance. But I, mm. I think you know, look at a lot of diets. You know, there's a lot of successful diets that people have been eating for years. And I had this conversation with someone the other day, and I, I think what's happened is there's a lot of manufactured foods right. that we eat because they're easy and it's yeah. convenient. And, um, and, and there's a big problem with that. You know, cows, you know, so beef, lamb, manufactured. You know, if you look at the stuff that's going into some of these animals, yeah. you know, they're filling them with stuff. Not all cases, you can get good beef, but, you know, they're filling it with, with rubbish. The same for milk and, and eggs. So, yeah. so I think if you can, if, if you think about how people probably ate, you know, 50 or 60 years ago, you know, you'd have fruits and vegetables that were in season based on where you were living. Yeah. And... Um, there's reasons for that you know your your meat and your fish would come from you know be pretty decent yeah you know it's not no pumped steroids and steroids, in it. all yeah, that kind of yeah. stuff because all that stuff's going into yeah, into your body, body and it's all affecting you so so i think you just got to there's a lot of common sense with with food pretty balanced avoid a lot of the highly processed manufactured foods where they're putting a lot of sugars or or sweeteners in there to make them taste nice because there's probably not a lot else in there. last 20 years when they should last two days yeah Yeah. and then if you can have some whether it's meats or fish and 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 some vegetables and and eat for you know avoid just eating for pure you know pleasure you know eat in a lot of cases Yeah, for if, particularly when you're working anyway, you know, eat, eat, in, in, if, you, if you've got a lot to do, if you're traveling, if you're in business, then, you know, kind of use it as, a, as an energy source. Yeah. So eat what you need to kind of keep you yeah. going, to, to, you know, keep your brain working, keep you feeling good, hydrated. And then, yeah, at the weekend, you know, I love, there's, there's a place in London that does these fantastic little ice creams and, yeah. you know, with some fresh cream on top. And, you know, on, on a weekend, I'll, you know, I'll kind You'll of have, have a that. Go. Yeah. I love chocolate. I love dark yeah. chocolate. But I think if you, you know, I don't have that every single day. Yeah. And if I did, you'd yeah. feel different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, give us some quick fire brain foods. What are the best foods that an entrepreneur could have that, you know, really get the brain going, right. good for the brain? Well, I'm, like, I, I want to state this now. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm, yeah. I'm from the fitness side. And, yeah. um, and so I'm, I'm, uh, my, the advice I'll give is, is down to me. And yeah. I think everybody's different. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I... And you, and you can have so many contradicting things. One person says this is good, yeah. and another scientist, you know, is equally. So tell us what says, works for you. Then. Yeah. So you got your disclaimer out of the way. You're not going to get sued. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for for me, I um, I, you know, for, for my I, I just in my diet in the week, I'll start off with my my green drink. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of them out there. There's some I've, I've found this particular one which is pretty good for me. It's what athletic what is that? green. That's athletic greens. Okay. Good. And that's. Uh, you know, when I'm traveling and I, I don't always get, get to go to a huh? I'm going to get them. So well, I, I, I can actually, there's a, I, 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 um, they've offered me, a, if, if you want 50% for anyone, um, I, I've, uh, who, if anybody wants that, they can have, try it 50% off. So okay. if, you, if you're interested, I can uh, Well, I'll post that. that. I'll post yeah, that. Okay. Um, make that live. Um, and the thing is with that is, is, is it's, it's it, it, and again, it works well for me personally. I've tried greens for many years, and there's lots of different ones out on the market. But this one works great. When I'm traveling, you know, the, you, you're on the plane, and you kind of get the funny stomach effect. And um, in certain countries I go to, you, you 
know, you're going out to Asia and you don't have the same foods as you have here. So there's a certain period of time where your body's adjusting to food and if you're not feeling great in your stomach, everything's gone. You know, you can't have a meeting, you can't, you can't do anything. So yeah. for me, wherever I go, I, I need to be, um, because I'm only there for probably three or four days, I, I, I can't afford to be sick or, or feeling yeah. not great. So starting off with, with the greens, it kind of sorts out my stomach it's got yeah. a probiotic in there mm-hmm. so so i'll have a uh, wake up in the morning have a sort of half probably a half a liter to a liter of water i'll do my greens and that tends to sort out anything that's been yeah. not great in my stomach yeah. and then I'll, I'll um then i'll i'll go if i can um i'll either go into you know like a whole foods or something if i'm trying if i can get there or if not i'll i'll do myself a um a, a smoothie yeah and i i tend to prefer to have things like nuts coconut oil yeah spinach keep to berries and then i'll put some protein yeah. in that as well and then that yeah. that's kind of I, how I'd... i have these sorry just to jump yeah. in i have these jason vale juice bars you know anything okay. about them no i don't no yeah i've not heard them yeah so um base of dates crushed almonds power greens yeah if yeah. anyone wants to try them yeah I'm, I'm not plugging them i don't get a commission <laughs> but yeah that that seems to be good okay nuts dates yeah. greens yeah find that quite convenient yeah so I have the, the shake, and that tends to keep me going till about lunchtime. And I know there's, again... And there are any, like, supplements, you know, like oils or any supplements you put in which... I, I, do, I do the coconut oil, yeah. um, and that's, that's pretty much... That's, that's all I take. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't take too many supplements. I'll take some good, good quality protein, yeah. um, and I, I've tested different ones, but I, I take a decent quality protein. And that, yeah, as I said, that'll take me to lunchtime. At lunch, I'll have, um, I have sort of salad, fish generally. Yeah. I don't eat meat personally, but um, it's not to say you can put, you know, some meat in there. But I have, yeah. yeah so salad, and that tends to help me. And I'll put some, um, I'll put a bit of cheese, maybe some egg. Yeah. Um, and that that will tend to take me until right through the afternoon. So if I, usually if I had quite a bit of carbs for lunch, so if I had pastas and that sort of thing, then I'd kind of get to mid-afternoon and then I've been craving yeah. something else so I, I kind of have a, a bit of a dip so since I've, I've changed my lunch then I'm I'm fine yeah. until until I get to sort of about seven where okay. I'll have my dinner yeah and I'll have generally yeah, again fish vegetables maybe some rice maybe some sort of baked potato yeah. that kind of thing uh, and that's pretty much it what's your Um, thoughts on coffee because i am addicted to coffee i have two a day exactly the same time (laughs) and i have the i have this fear that there's life one day without it and i just don't know how it function but well there's some interesting stuff at the moment about coffee and i'm I'm, I'm, because i do i and i I, at the moment i stick to weekends so there's a there's a couple of little there's there's a place um called soho grind that we go to and it does some really nice um sort of they roast their own coffee Mm. and it's uh yeah it's a bit different to your starbucks stuff yeah. it's it's um yes it's got a, a quite a distinctive flavor and there's quite a few of these sort of boutique coffee places yeah. opening around everywhere now but um yeah so i've been reading a lot about it and certainly there's there's some research about it being you know performance enhancing so rather than taking these pre-workout stuff you've got all kinds of chemicals in then uh caffeine a, a good coffee is great to take yeah. before workout there's quite a bit of stuff around diet and losing weight with coffee there's there's quite a few people at the moment kind it's of a hunger suppressant isn't it yeah De- definitely i don't want to eat anything for three hours when i've had a coffee yeah so so there's some information on that there's there's i read something 
forget the guy's name, Strength Sensei. He's a strength and conditioning coach. And I saw his blog the other day, and he was, you know, there is there is a bit of concern about how it it um, fires off your adrenal, glands, your adrenal yeah. glands and what impact that can have. And some of it is dependent on whether you have it before. Certainly, don't have it after a workout, but before um, that, it's you know, I don't, I don't think that's been fully yeah. worked out. But but. You know, according to this report, it's it's fairly. Um, well, you know, I mean, they drink a lot in Italy. Yeah. And they have a lot of oil, and they yeah. seem to live a long time. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm telling myself. So I think I, I yeah. think I'm I'm still learning about it. I think it's you know certainly there's a huge amount of benefits in yeah. um, in, in coffee. As to when is the best time to drink it, um, I'm, I still personally avoid drinking it too early on in the day. Although people will disagree with me, but I, I pref- if I'm going to do it, I prefer to sort of do it more sort of early afternoon mainly because I don't want to get a spike of of you know a sort of energy spike too early on in the day and not be using my own natural yeah. kind of energies and, and that sort of stuff so right. uh, for me I prefer to not use it as a you know not not get that stimulant effect yeah. and then you kind of get a bit of a drop down and then you sort of yeah that's the only sort of thing I'm, I'm, I'm sort of working out myself mm. but yeah certainly there's a lot of um, benefits and I, I think you've got to have the right coffee and you probably don't want to put you know, huge amounts of milk and sugar and everything yeah. else like that, and it, you yeah. know, probably as pure as you can get. Yeah. Um, All right, cool. If you could be skint but fit, <laughs> or rich but semi unhealthy, what would you choose? Skint but fit. Okay, <laughs> that, that was just a <laughs> random one that slipped in there. <laughs> totally irrelevant. Um, best books or documentaries you've ever watched on health, fitness, and business? Just give us a quick fire. You said pumping iron. Any yeah, others? Um, on fitness, I, I think, um, or, or business, yeah. I, I think there's a there's there's a there's a YouTube channel I'm looking at, at the moment. It's called Dr. Rhonda Byrne. Yes, um, from the secret. Who did the secret? Is she, no, it's not her. Let me have okay. a look. I've got it on yeah. my phone. Let's just take a look. It's okay. um, uh, sorry, Rhonda Patrick. Okay. Yeah, and um, and she's a she's a doctor, and uh, there's some interesting stuff about nutrition on there. Okay. And uh, seems to be quite a credible source. So I'd recommend uh, taking a look at that. There's a guy who does something called Mobility Wad, Kelly Starrett. Okay. Um, he does some really great stuff around about yeah. around movement. Um, and then what about uh, business? What, what business people do you follow? Oh, Rob Moore, you know, oh, um, <laughs> disruptive. Wait a minute, I haven't got my money with me. <laughs> you listen to the podcast, do you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. In business, um, and I, in, as I as I've said in the past, I've done. The Tony Robbins Business Mastery. I think that's a that's a good good program. But recently, I I just you know I'll pick up just because we're just often exchanging audio books yeah. suggestions. Any good ones you've listened to recently? Yeah, um, I'm just trying to think what, I'm, what I've listened to recently. There's nothing that stands out. It's just I've got a bit of a brain a, a brain blog. But I'll, I'll give you the ones that um, I, 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 yeah I, I, I'll give you the ones that I've um, or have a look on your phone. Yeah, I'll just yeah. see what chance I've got at the moment. Yeah, there's, there's, um, there is a guy, again, this is not a book or anything, but he's got a nice um, sort of video podcast on fitness. He's called Steve, Max, Steve Maxwell. Okay. And he talks about fitness for people as they're getting older. Yeah. Um, one of the things is you, you know, I'm now 46, and uh, whoops, what's going on there? Which is similar to CLA. <laughs> That's one I was listening to. Yeah, he, he talks about as you get older, your your sort of natural testosterone levels decrease. Right. So yeah. as a, as a guy, you're you're you know unless you're working out building muscle, then you're you're fighting 
you know what what happens with age yeah. so so in your 20s you would have naturally had more muscle and in your 40s and 50s and that that's decreasing so he you know he's um he's got an interesting approach and again very balanced he's not in one direction or another yeah. but that, that's certainly worth checking out okay and then the other one that i've listened to which is really good yeah peter diamantis which yes. uh, you turned me on to i think yeah is very good. get abundance yeah. That's awesome. Love that. And then there's one which is uh, Alistair Campbell, how how winners and how they succeed. I yes. thought that was great because he interviewed, uh, you know, it was, it was a cross-section of different yeah. people from different businesses. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was a very okay. interesting one great. as well. It was worth pushing for because they're both really good. <laughs> um, I mean, the Get Abundance is great if you want to think bigger. Yeah. Because, you know, what Peter Diamandis is doing is on a kind of a almost galactic level. And, yeah, and, and winners, obviously, I mean, Alistair Campbell's well-known. Well yeah. You know, you get into the psychology of successful people. You know, you can, they say, own the traits of the greats, and you can just pick up little bits. Great. Okay, so biggest business mistake you made? Biggest business mistake. Um, I wouldn't say that we've done, and not, not to say we haven't made mistakes, because we have, but I think we, you, when you're pushing your business into new territories then you're always kind of readjusting the course mm. and um and and so i would say you know all of the what people could class as mistakes that i've done up until now are probably as many different things as what we'll continue to do going forward because we're always yeah. going into new areas you know we're always we have this discussion in our product team is you know you when you launch a product you want it to be perfect and no issues yeah. but you know whether you're mercedes benz or apple you know, you put out a new product, the new iPhone will come out, and you can guarantee there's going to be stuff that yeah. isn't right. And so I think as if, if you are that type of person, then you've just got to kind of quickly learn what has gone wrong. You've got to be able to put it right really quickly. You've got to make sure your customers are sort of, you know, have that confidence that you are going to put it yeah. right. Yeah, you know, we've messed up, but we're in control of it, we'll sort you out. And, and you know, that's what Apple do, that's what Mercedes do. And there must be something you've do. done, though, if you're looking back, you think, ugh. I, I think... Uh, ever lost it with any team members? Ever done anything really <laughs> yeah, bad? That happens quite, <laughs> Every quite week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably just... It's just that thing I said about focus. It's, it's just probably, you know, sometimes forgetting what we're all about, what our core business is, and, and then going in directions that you think ah, actually you know yeah. probably shouldn't have done that that's that's not what we're about but you know in a lot of cases there's you, you learn a lot when you do it and you yeah. learn you know maybe if you didn't if we didn't do that we wouldn't have realized that you've got to be kind of more focused because you'd yeah. always use that story to say well look you know don't sure. be doing that again but yeah. no we've fortunately touch wood we've not made any huge mistakes that have affected yeah. you know people we're not we're not done anything silly yeah. um and we're, okay. you know, we're quite careful about that all right, great. So I think we've probably got to put this to an end because yeah. we've probably both got things to do, but I'm really grateful. And this has been the longest podcast we've done, which I think is great. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you have. I know we'll be getting loads of comments on this because it's very different to what we've done before. But how can people follow you, find you, you yourself, products? You know, where are you online? Yeah. Are you on social? Anything like that? Yeah, so if you go to, um, if you go to escapefitness.com, I'll, yeah. I'll give you the link, but there's, um, there's a, we create a newsletter, it goes out every two weeks, and we, again, we sort of interview, you know, we've got some top trainers that are really talking on a, on a sort of fairly high level about fitness and exercise, mm -hmm. so, you know, you can subscribe to that, that's certainly worth doing. You can go to my Facebook account, 
there's some, you know, some pretty interesting stuff there. Yeah, how do you spell to, your last name? Because it's uh, I, I can. Do you want me to sort of give? Do you want to put that in yeah, the podcast? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. J A N U S Z E K. But yeah. I can I can give you the links for that, and, and we can get the link for the um, athletic. Yeah, players. I'll give you I'll, I'll give you the details on that one as well. And um, yeah, those those would be the uh, yeah. those would probably be the main places that you could uh, you can you can find me, Matt. Really grateful. Yeah, thanks thank you very much. Thanks very interesting. Thank Cheers. you very much. Thank you.